This morning, uh, as you can see, we're going to uh, talk about being members of one another. And I'll go ahead and, and tell everybody I kind of shifted gears on Gary uh, last minute, and, and we're, we're planning on doing two lessons about upholding the week. And I ended up changing my mind and doing more of an introductory lesson about being members of one another. And, and really just to get our minds directed towards... Um, and, and thinking about how God expects us as, as a local group of his people, uh, the attitudes that he expects us to have and, and the, the actions he expects us to have towards one another and, and how we interact with each other. And there's really a, a ton of information in the New Testament. Uh, a lot of the New Testament uh, describes to us uh, how to deal with certain types of people uh, how to deal with certain situations that may arise uh, because of people's attitudes and actions. And uh, those are the kind of things that, that we're going to, to be talking about in this lesson. And, and then, you know, like I said, following it up with uh, talking more specifically about some of those types uh, of personality traits uh, and, and emotions and, and those kind of things probably have uh, not really a series of lessons, but we'll probably have several more lessons going through this uh, over time is my plan. But, uh-oh, me and this thing. There you go. All right, there we go. All right, so we've got all kinds of people here, even in our small little group, right? Uh, when I look out here, I see uh, a bunch of people that I know very well. And, and and I know that among us, we have people with uh, different life experiences. We have people that kind of come from different walks of life. We have people that have different personalities, different attitudes, different tendencies, different strengths, different weaknesses. You know, some people here uh, grew up in the church and had Christian parents, had Christian grandparents, um, and, and uh, others grew up in the world. Uh, and didn't have those things, but but learned about Christ and learned about uh, being a Christian and came to know Christ and, and are here with us. There's some here who came from different denominations who um, didn't grow up uh, in the church, but but uh, grew up going to a denomination and then realized that, that there's some things about a denomination that don't fit what the scriptures teach. And so now uh, they are here. Uh, and there's some here who aren't Christians yet. And so we've got just just again, even in our little in a little group here, we've got all kinds of different people, right? Uh, and you know what in the world was God thinking, putting a group of people together that are that different and that diverse? Uh, you know that, that would seem to be ripe for problems if you want to think about it that way. Um, but really, He tells us what He was thinking. That was part of his plan uh, he know, knew that that was going to happen and so um, that that's part of what he wants to accomplish in, in us individually and and part of the design of his church is bringing us all together uh, and that's what we're going to to look at this morning Ephesians chapter 2 uh, we've got several passages we're going to read here if you'll just bear with me that just kind of show us what God was thinking by bringing us all together so such a different 
uh, a group of, of different people uh, all in one place working towards the same goal. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with all the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Okay, and so again, this is Paul talking to the Ephesians, but he's describing to them, if you look in the context before this, you know, it's a diverse group of people there in Ephesus. And and he's telling them Y'all are all there together by God's design, working towards the same goal, being built together into a dwelling place for God. Uh, In Romans chapter 12, again, Paul says, For as in one body we have many members, and, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Uh, And then we get much more detail about this this analogy of a body and the different members all being part of the body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable... We bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that it lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so Paul goes through this logical description here, a logical analogy about our human bodies and how God has assembled our human bodies, that we have a multitude of different body parts and they all have different functions, but they are all still part of the body. And one can't just choose to not be part of the body, right? Or That's not how it works. And it's the same in... His church, we, the church is one body of Christ, but we are all different kinds of people that bring different strengths and different weaknesses to the body. And some are more honorable, some are less honorable is what Paul's saying here. But, but all are an important part of the body and part of God's design for how he expects 
uh, the church to look. <clears throat> the New Testament shows us that with all these different types of people, there'll be some challenges, right? Uh, and But there'll also be some opportunities. And that's that's what we're going to, to look at uh, in the remainder of the, the slides this morning is really kind of get our mind thinking about uh, are we looking through this at the right lens uh, and are we looking at this as a challenge or an opportunity or as is, or is a task that's burdensome? Uh, do we dread these challenges or do we accept them as part of God's plan to help us become better children for Him? And so we've said it in here multiple times. It wasn't very long ago, I think maybe a couple weeks ago, the comment was made, uh, you know, dealing with people is difficult, right? And, and anybody who's had to deal with people in the workplace or in a, in a local congregation or in any group setting knows that when you start dealing with multiple people, there's some challenges that are going to arise because of people being different, right? Uh, and so it's the same in God's church. Luckily for us, there are lots of examples and descriptions in the New Testament that, that not only show us that these difficulties will arise, you know, that we're not going into this blind and caught off guard by these difficulties. You know, the, the Bible tells us these things are going to arise, but the Bible also gives us the proper reactions we're supposed to have, right? And the proper responses and the proper actions that we have in, in dealing with those types of issues that come up and responding to those types of situations that may arise among ourselves. And as we think about this, uh, one question that we have to, to examine ourselves with is when you think about dealing with people in our group here, is your glass half full or is it half empty? Uh, and and we'll you'll see what I'm talking about that in a minute. Is, is this something that you view as an opportunity or as a burden in, in dealing with the di different circumstances that may come up uh, among different personalities? I wanted to go through just what the Bible shows us about all of the different kinds of people that we may encounter in a, in a local group here. First um, Thessalonians 5 and verse 14 says, We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. And so we can see just from that verse, uh, we're going to have some who are idle. We're going to have some who are faint-hearted. We're going to have some who are weak. Uh, we're going to have a need for patience. Some are going to have to be patient. Um, some are going to have to be willing to admonish. You know, all of those things are wrapped up in that verse. Uh, second, uh -oh. second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 11 says, For we hear that some among you walk in idleness. Again, um, this idea of idleness is in this context talking about laziness, basically. There was people there who didn't want to work. There was lazy people. Uh, and instead of being productive, working uh, people in society and people in the congregation who are active and participating, they're idle. They're not, they're not really doing much. And instead, they're being busybodies. Uh, and so, uh, again, that, this just comes with a group of people. You're going to have all of these different sorts of things. 
Philippians chapter 2, do all things without grumbling or disputing. And so that can show us we're going to have grumblers that may show up, right? Sometimes people grumble and fuss, uh, you know, about things that are going on. There may be disputes that arise uh, between different people in a local congregation. Romans 2.8, we can see that there may be some who are self-seeking, who just want to look out for themselves and what's best for themselves. And, and, uh, you know, ultimately that'll lead to them not obeying God's truth, but but obeying the things that are unrighteous. And, and, uh, again, that's something that can come up among us. There'll be people who stir up division. Uh, The Bible's very clear about that and shows us examples about that and how we're supposed to deal with that. Uh, There will also be people who are proud people or haughty people. And and we know that there's a ton of challenges that come with dealing with someone who is a haughty person. Uh, But on the flip side of that, there will be some among us who are more humble people. And, And so, again... Uh, over and over again, the Bible shows us all of these different types of people uh, that that we are likely to have in a local congregation. And, and, you know, again, we're going to, over the next few times that that I teach, we'll look at some of these in more detail. Uh, We'll have people who are friends of the world, who who struggle with worldliness. Uh, They may have come out of the world or they just may be drawn to the world. Um, and, and again, that brings a set of challenges that, that we have to be prepared for and know how to work through. In Romans chapter 12, uh, we see, this is more of the, the positive side of things, but we see that there'll be, uh, people who are good at serving others. There'll be people who are good at teaching. There'll be people who exhort, people who are, are, uh, good at contributing and helping and, and uh, benevolence, those type of things. Uh, there'll be people who are good at leading, be zealous people, uh, ones who are good at being merciful towards others, and people who are generally cheerful people. Um, but Galatians 5 also shows us that there'll be some who may be conceited. Uh, there may be some who tend to provoke others. Again, divisiveness and stirring up trouble. There will be some who may be envious. And so we've got, again, the Bible showing us all of these different kinds of attitudes and actions and different kinds of people that we're likely to uh, uh, encounter in a local congregation, even one of our size. And so um, I think that it's... A little mind-boggling that, that God has put us all together in a way uh, that he expects us to figure out how to work together towards a common goal. Well, again, we've got various levels of maturity. We've got various levels of patience. We've got uh, various levels of spiritual-mindedness versus carnal-mindedness. Uh, and, and yet here we are all in the same place with the same goal of, of faithfully serving God. And so... As we think about those challenges of, of working together or being members of one another, are we viewing that through a, through a lens of the glass being half empty or half full? Uh, when, you, when you know a brother is discouraged, and this is just maybe kind of some questions to get us to evaluate ourselves 
and how we view dealing with others. Um, when you know a brother is discouraged, do you have the time to help? Uh, or do you not have the time to help? Or you feel like you're too busy to help? You don't want to, to bother with getting engaged, with, with trying to encourage someone? Or do you see it as an opportunity to be like Barnabas and to be an encourager? You know, uh, taking the time to, to work with someone who's discouraged it can be pretty demanding, and, and it can take of our time. And so sometimes I think we may see that situation or notice that situation from afar and, and just feel like, man, I just really don't want to, to get involved with that. That's going to take up a lot of time. And, you know, that's, that's looking at it through a lens of, of the glass is half empty instead of as an opportunity uh, to be an encourager like God wants us to be. <laughs> When you know a brother is faint-hearted, uh, beat down by life or by the things that are going on uh, in their life, um, are you too busy to take the time to lift them up? Or do you think of that as a chance to grow closer to your brother and become more involved with them in their life? There's, there's benefits in us jumping in to, to help encourage people who are faint-hearted or who are discouraged. And, and the benefit is not just for the discouraged one or the, the faint-hearted one, is it? The benefit is also for the one helping. That, that helps to, to make that relationship grow stronger. Uh, you get to know your brother or sister better. Uh, and, and again, you form a bond that you otherwise would not form, form if, if you didn't choose to, to be active in the right way in that. When you know a brother is struggling with worldliness, uh, do you just not want to get involved or are you willing to commit to being a friend that can encourage and exhort, exhort them, knowing that there will be some ups and downs? Uh, you know, anytime we're dealing with someone who may be discouraged or faint-hearted or, or someone who's struggling with worldliness, uh, who keeps getting drawn back into the world, that can be... Uh, a frustrating thing at times, right? You you spend time with someone, you you work with them, you think that they are uh, have got things figured out in their head right, and that they're putting away those worldly things, and the next thing you know, they're being drawn right back to them, uh, and and that can be a bit exhausting, and and definitely very emotionally consuming and time consuming. But again, are are we the type of people? who are willing to commit to that, to help help someone overcome those things, or are we the type of people who are just too busy to, to get involved with that? What about when you know a brother has sinned? Um, do you just avoid him, or do you see an opportunity to show your love for him by helping to turn him back in the right direction? Again, are, are we willing to put ourselves out there to, to engage uh, in these things that the Bible shows us are important things that we're supposed to be doing with one another in the body of Christ? What about when you see a brother carrying a heavy burden? Do you just simply tell him you hope things get better? Or do you look for opportunities to, to shoulder some of that burden and take some of that burden off of him and put it on to yourself? Um, What about when you see a brother who may be weak in knowledge? We've got a 
a couple of instances in the New Testament where Paul goes through this idea of a weak brother, and, and in those instances is talking about being weak in knowledge. Uh, do you view that from afar and you say, look, they should have that figured out by now, they should know that by now, or do you see an opportunity to help teach and help someone grow? Uh, you know, these are the the kind of things that, that we we have to wrap our mind around ahead of time so that when those situations arise, we don't shy away from those situations. We instead view them as opportunities. We, we know that, again, working with people is, is a very difficult thing. Uh, it's something that can bring highs and lows, right? When you, when you work with someone or you help a brother who, who's struggling with any of these things that we've been talking about, and you get good responses and things move in a good direction, it's a bit of a high, right? You're feeling good about it, and you, you're happy and joyous that, that, that the effort you've put forth has been effective. But it's also some lows that come with it, where people maybe don't respond as you want them to respond or don't, don't do the things that you hope that they do. And, and that's where it becomes difficult for us and, and makes us vulnerable in the sense of, of not wanting to put ourselves out there, not wanting to spend the time that it may take uh, to, to, to work towards the, the goal that you're working towards. And, you know, I think we as Christians and as members of one another have to be willing to put ourselves out there for that. We have to look at it through the lens of, of this is God's plan for us here together, even though there's difficulties that, that do come up, difficult situations uh, God's plan is for us to work through those things in the right ways and, and ultimately end up uh, in the right spots. And again, we have to believe that this is something that, that God knew ahead of time and that is part of his plan. Uh, we have to remind ourselves, these are just a few passages that, that came to mind as I was preparing this of how how do I keep my mind right when I know that you know, I see a situation that's going to require some of my time. If I if I call this brother who I know is struggling with something, that can lead to me having to deal with stuff over a long period of time. How do I make myself take that step and, and decide that that is what I'm supposed to do? Well, I have to remind myself that, that you know, the way that God thinks about things is not the way I think about them. Uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways. Uh, I have to remind myself that, that everything that the Lord has commanded me to do is for my good always. And, and I think, you know, as someone matures in their thinking, they, they begin to see this and realize this, that, yeah, that was a very tasking situation for me to, to do. But, but in the end, it was good for my brother and it was good for me. That, that we did that, and so it was. his commandments were for my good too, uh, not just the good of my brother. Uh, and that's what is said again in Romans chapter 28. We know that those who love God, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so, <clears throat> you know, those are just three passages that I that that came to my mind that I have to remind myself of when I'm when I may be seeing a situation that I know could be difficult for me to jump into and and
could cause a lot of trouble for me to jump into, take up a lot of my time. You know, I, I have to remind myself of, of these kind of things. And again, he's given us very specific instructions about how to deal with some of these. Sometimes he doesn't give us as specific instructions, but, but other times he does. He, he tells us how he wants us to act towards the weak, right? He tells us how he wants us to react towards divisive people. Uh, he tells us how he wants us to interact with a lot of these different kind of scenarios. And that, again, is what we'll have in some follow-up lessons is just kind of looking at those in more details of, of what do we do when we have someone who's weak? What should be our attitude and actions in regard to that situation? Or what do we do when we have someone uh, who is being contentious or, or who is being uh, a troublemaker? How does God want us to react uh, in that situation? Um, what do we do when we have someone who may get faint-hearted or, or beat down by the troubles of life? Uh, you know, how does he expect us to react in that? And, and <clears throat> thankfully, he's given us a path and, and guidelines for what his expectations are along, uh, on all of those different situations. Um, again, I think the, the lesson that Gary's got prepared is going to talk a little bit about dealing with the weak. Uh, and, and looking at that, and then we'll probably have some more on that in, in a follow-up lesson. But, you know, I guess the, the take-home point for us in this, and it looks like we're going to be running a little early, um, but, but what I want us to think about in this as, as we move forward in this is that we are part of a family here, uh, and, and we have to believe that. And we have to, to have that ingrained in our minds that we are part of a family working towards the same goals, working towards the same end of, of getting to heaven one day. And, you know, all of the things that we have talked about uh, thus far is really not going to apply to you uh, if you are of age but have never taken the, the steps to become part of God's family. You know, if you are not part of God's family, then the things we've been talking about are really not not important until you take that step. Until you, um, you know, have heard His Word and, and understand uh, what His teachings are about the sin that, that you have and how it needs to be forgiven. Until you believe uh, what His Word has said about His Son, who, who He sent here to die on the cross for our sins and, and until you are willing to confess that Jesus is the Christ and that through him and his sacrifice is the only way that we have uh, hope of salvation. You know, if you've not ever examined your life and realized that you are in sin and that you do need forgiveness, if you've never decided to repent of those things and to start living another way, then then you are not part of God's family and and again if if you've never been baptized to wash away those sins and to become a child of his uh, then you all the things we're talking about don't apply to you yet and so you know we we encourage you uh, if you've never done those things but understand those things and and want to do that to let that be known and to to take those steps but if you if you have done those things you are part of this family but you 
are struggling with, with some of the troubles of life or you're struggling with worldliness or you're struggling with some sin, then, then again, part of God's design and us being a family here together is to encourage one another. Uh, we are a uh, forgiving group of people. We are a group of people who want the best for one another and we are a group of people who are here to help support one another and bring one another closer to God and, and closer to being uh, who he wants us to be in our lives. And so if you have some need uh, that, that we can help with this morning, we certainly ask that you would make that known as we stand and sing the song that's selected. Been tuned, Jesus, for the cleansing power, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb?